Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. As always, I'm your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor, professional wrestling fan. All you pro wrestling fans out there, what a crazy week in pro graps with releases. Hell of a show at AEW put on with Double or Nothing. Crazy time to be a wrestling fan. It is not a wrestling podcast, although you know I like to infuse those pro wrestling elements into what I do always. Anyways, from the top, thank you everyone for taking some time to listen to the Stacking Slabs podcast and make my content part of your content rotation. I think there are so many good content creators that are tearing up the scene and there are there is so little time in our busy lives and weeks, but you're taking some time to listen to what I have to say. And I do appreciate that. And I appreciate all of the messages, the shares, the reposts, the support, everything that comes along with it. So I just want to lead with some gratitude from the top. I got to say, I am certainly frustrated with the way this show is hitting some people and getting to them or not getting to them in time. You know, my whole thing is consistency timing. I want to build stacking slabs into your routine. So if you're an early riser and you wake up and you listen to the show, it's there and you have no problem. You can put it on while you're eating your breakfast, Captain Crunch and uh, drinking your coffee. Um, But we've had some difficulties over the last week or so, and I'm dealing with this in my professional life along with stacking slabs as I... uh, I do a podcast uh, in my work life, and I obviously do one here. Um, but just from the top, and this is kind of a disclaimer because there's some uh, troubles that are going on, and I just want to build some awareness. I put some stuff out there last week. Apple has changed their podcast platform. They're making some changes, and I know it's not a me thing because I've been on support with my hosting provider. I've been talking with other creators that are running into this problem. They're changing some stuff on their platform, and I don't know why they're changing them. But anyways, it's causing them not to pick up feeds as regularly or as frequently as they were before. So I know a lot of people listen to Stacking Slabs on Apple Podcasts. I listen to most of my stuff on Apple Podcasts. Just letting you know that Stuff is not dropping. My show's not dropping or other people's shows typically when scheduled. So hopefully they get that worked out. My hope is that it'll eventually hit. As I'm recording this episode on Saturday, my conversation with Rodman still has not dropped on Apple Podcasts. When I posted it at 2 in the morning on Friday morning. So with that being said, I want you to know it's not a stacking slabs thing. It's unfortunately an Apple thing and my hands are tied. Usually I was able to go into my platform and just refresh the feed if it wasn't hitting. Apple has taken those 
that functionality away. It sucks. It pisses me off, but what am I going to do? I'm just, I'm, what I'm going to do is just tell you that if I'm always going to post the show and it should always be available on Wednesday morning and on Friday morning. And if it's not, I'll, I'll send a, something out beforehand. But typically, just always count. I've been doing this thing for you know a year and a half or so. It's always been on Wednesday and Friday morning and will always continue to be. So my feedback to you, if it's not there when you typically listen, note that it's probably an Apple issue and note that it's going to be available on any other place you listen. You can listen to podcasts. I know I'm a routine-oriented person. I listen to my podcast on Apple. Well, because of all this, I'm thinking more about that just because I don't want to wait. I have a routine, not just with my show, but other people's shows. And Spotify is a great option. You do not have to pay for Spotify. If you're not a subscriber, you can listen to shows for free. Um, and they're available every other place that you would listen to podcasts. My shows was available when it was. It's just an Apple issue. So I just wanted to build some awareness at the top. If you like stacking slabs first thing in the morning on Wednesday and Friday and it's not there, go check somewhere else. Go have a plan B. Have a plan B to Apple Podcasts because they're going through some rough patches. And I know it'll get fixed and worked out, but... Right now, it's a little rough sledding. But anyways, enough of that. Thank you for being with me. I am so thrilled today, and it's been a busy morning for me. And I'll tell you what, everybody out there who's got kids, who is expecting kids, you all know what I'm going through right now. I am having these powwows with my wife. We're trying to figure out baby's room, space. I'll admit, I've got a lot of stuff. I've talked about it. I've got cards. I've got wrestling memorabilia. I've got stuff everywhere. And so we need to make some changes. We need to consolidate. I'm in the consolidation game. Um, and there's some purging that needs to go on. Um, and I'm having those conversations actively and we're building that plan. And so I am going through some massive changes here on the home front. Um, and I got nothing but respect for all of you collectors out there um, who have gone through similar circumstances in, uh, in preparation of those new babies at your household. Um, I, I cheers you. My, my, my hat goes off to you because I'm in the thick of it right now, but all good vibes. So excited, but that's what I'm doing on the home front. What I got to say is that I'm very, very, what's the word? I think it's just positive. I'm just very positive on the hobby right now. And I don't know if it's the people I'm meeting. I don't know if I'm still high off of the Dallas experience, but, uh, I, I think this, Industry is about to take it to the next level. Um, you've got just so much good activity going on, and I'm feeling the momentum. I think talking with people like Rodman, shout out Rodman PC, shout out Rodman Martinez. If you're not following him already, hit that freaking follow button on his page. I just reflected so much on my conversation with him after the fact. And again, if you listen to this, and you haven't listened to that episode, go find it. It's a good one. But I think that's the type of content I want to bring you on this platform. It's content that's not necessarily about, hey, here are the cards that are hot. Here are the cards that we're thinking about. Here's what you should buy. That's, that's People are already doing that, and that's not my place. But what we talked about, we talked about money. We talked about decision-making. 
we talked about collecting and rooting yourself in collecting and how all roads and activity that we we do lead to cards that we are dreaming about. And I think having those types of conversations for me allows me to progress in my career as a collector. And it allows me to think strategically and diligently about why am I here? Why, what is my place? Why am I so passionate? What, why am I doing what I'm doing? It is so easy to get distracted in the hobby. There's so much going on. There's so much, so many things people are doing. We watch sports, things happen. We want a piece of those things that are happening. And there is a fear of missing out. And I think for me, we've, I've been through those turns. And again, I don't have it all figured out. And I don't ever want to get on this podcast and come across as, hey, I've got this figured out. I don't. Shows about learning, shows about sharing. But one thing I can say is that talking with people like Rodman and talking with other people in the hobby, it's education for me and it's enlightening. And this last week has been really, really enlightening for me. And it's been a culmination of thoughts. It's been a culmination of activities. And it, it has been a week of purchases. And I haven't really made many purchases over the last few months. I've been very quiet, I guess, on the buying front. Um, but I want to talk about that kind of at the end about what I'm buying, why I'm buying it. And, and I think the punchline for it is it, it's all directed at my personal Brett McGrath, my personal North Star. And when you, when you collect, I think it's important to have a North Star or a place to point where all roads lead. And that helps direct activity and help direct purpose. It's not anyone else's North Star. It's your own North Star. You heard Rodman. Rodman talked about Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Lionel Messi. Not a bad trio. Not a cheap trio. He obviously keeps a high volume of activity to help fund those purchases and make things happen. There's different ways that you can get to those cards you want. Um, but at the end of the day, you've got to be comfortable and confident to know that that is your North Star. And whatever you do, you direct your traffic towards that. So I have certainly, over the last you know several months, found my North Star. I'm going to talk about it. Before I get into the chatter, I'd be remiss not to talk a little NBA playoff basketball. And I know, I don't want to get in the weeds. Don't want to, I, when I record this, so much stuff happens after the fact, right? This isn't an, I'm not an NBA scout. I'm not an analyst, but I just want to cover some things. Just some macro things that I saw over this past week. I think one, the big story, right? LeBron James goes down in the first round. A couple of things for me. I think one, yeah, it's really difficult, even if your name is LeBron James, when you're, Number two goes down against a team as good as Phoenix. It's really good to keep that vibe and momentum rolling. What I can say, and I know LeBron can be a polarizing guy. He can. To me, I find him fascinating. His on-the-court play, how he carries himself, how he presents himself. And there's this thing that he has about him, to me, that is he understands the criticism. He understands what's going to happen, but he is so dedicated to keeping his brand a specific and certain way and is confident in his skills and ability and his beliefs as a person that he doesn't move off. And I think, you know, when you're someone with a platform as big as LeBron James, you're going to get negativity and you're going to get hate. 
That's undeniable. For as many fans as you have, you probably have as many haters. Obviously, when you have this many haters, we see I I see just people on Instagram just saying, you know, trying to bury LeBron, and it's just like, all right, if you want to do that, you can do that. Um, but for me, like I tried to take the positive, and the thing that I saw that not necessarily a lot of the the haters don't want to talk about is the fact that LeBron did what LeBron does, and he. In a loss, he put over a talent that is going to be playing basketball, leading the NBA when LeBron is long gone, and that is Devin Booker. We obviously don't know all the words that were said between Devin Booker and LeBron James, but we do know that LeBron James had the mindfulness to autograph a jersey, take a photo, and make an opportunity with Devin Booker. I think that's pretty cool. I think LeBron, just like any other legend, is trying to leave his legacy in a way that helps to usher in the next era of people that we're going to be fans of and people that are going to run this league. And I think that's cool. And that's my observation of uh, what LeBron did in that loss. And I'm not surprised by the loss. I think it's just tough. You've got to have multiple people. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in LA and just the fallout of that. But you got to think about just like also all the other positive things that are happening and just so much stuff. And the Clips and Mavs still, as I'm recording this, it'll be done by the time this airs, but it's still going. But, you know, between all the teams in the West, I have no idea who's going to win. Even in the East, I know people can say, yeah, the Nets, they're loaded. They're the most talented team. But I don't think they're a clear-cut favorite. I don't. I think, to me, as I look in the East and West and LeBron not being there and just tides turning a little bit, I think this is the most open, unpredictable NBA playoffs that we could possibly imagine. So what do we do when we look at situations that are completely unpredictable? We don't make rash decisions. That's not good operating. However, I think it's really cool and it's completely fine to speculate. We are speculators in this hobby and that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to think and speculate and say, okay, based on what's happened in the playoffs so far, what are some things and storylines about sports cards that we can begin to look at with these players that make the hobby move? And I think the guy I just talked about, LeBron James, People want to say, oh my God, the sky is falling. LeBron James's tops chrome rookie is dipping, blah, blah, blah. That is true. Okay. In a down market, LeBron lost, whatever. The thing about it is, is that the narrative always comes because people aren't digging the next layer below. And the next layer below is saying LeBron's market isn't plummeting it's a card the tops chrome card which is the prism card of that time frame prism base tops chrome base that card although we as a hobby like to represent those cards in a hot market as indicators of what a player is doing it doesn't make any sense to do it when it's a player like lebron and you he's got probably 
the most collectability or one of the most collectability uh, in the hobby. He's one of the most collectible players. So I think what's what's what we need to do instead of listening to the narrative, what you need to do is decide based on attention maybe not being on LeBron as much as it would be if he were still playing and looking through his other cards. Is there opportunity to buy his cards in a down market that might not be the base stuff or the stuff that's the mainstream hobby news reports on? Are there opportunities in there to buy a card that you've been eyeing and looking at that might be 2K, 5K cheaper now than it would be if we were starting up the NBA season next year? That's how I think if I were collecting LeBron or buying LeBron, that's what I'd be thinking about. Don't follow the mainstream news because it's the reporting is all about the base stuff. And with a player like LeBron, just because his base stuff is going down, we, this is what we know. We know this. <laughs> we know this at this point. High population cards go down, go up. That's the way they go. And it doesn't matter who you are. But is there an opportunity if people are thinking this in the short-term mindset, is there an opportunity to grab some rare and scarce cards at a discount because the mainstream news is reporting on the down market? That's how I would be looking at the LeBron James market if I were purchasing. Damian Lillard. Here's a guy, undeniably, the hobby loves. Gets bounced out of the playoffs. This guy's legacy on the game, regardless if, if he stays in Portland, ends up doing what people are fantasy booking eventually and playing with LeBron in LA, which I don't necessarily see that happening, but crazier things have happened. But Damian Lillard, are you a fan? Probably, most people are. But now that he's out, is there opportunity within his card market? That might be lower in a down market, lower now than ever before. I don't know. A guy like Trey Young, undeniably, I think Trey Young has proven himself to a certain degree and a certain level where it's less about pouring thousands of dollars in on speculation. And now it's more about, okay, I have confidence to put my money in him because not just because he won a playoff series, but how he did it. He knows what he's doing, doing it on the biggest stage and doing it in the garden. He embraced the role. He he took a play out of one of, not one of, my favorite player of all time, Reggie Miller's playbook. Use the platform, win some games, make some moments, and people will never forget your legacy. So I can tell you this, I never was a Trey hater. I was never a Trey supporter. But what I can tell you now is I have a lot more interest in watching Trey Young than ever before because of that series. So what does that mean? I think it means a stronger market for Trey Young and more confidence regardless of what happens the rest of the playoffs. Regardless, Trey Young did what Trey Young needed to do to help build confidence in his sports cards. End of story, this playoff. And so my opinion is I'm not never telling you what to do, but I think if, again, if I were buying, if I were in the Trey Young market, I would have more confidence than ever in purchasing his cards. Giannis, another one. 
my favorite player left in the playoffs, I think. I think that's safe to say. I'm just rooting for this guy. I think there's a lot of people been talking about buying Giannis cards and is now a good time. Well, it might be, but I think you need to factor in other things. I think one of the things that you know is important to factor in is that Giannis's cards over the last few years have already factored in those championships. The way his cards have been priced, those championships are already factored in. And we don't, sometimes, we don't like to talk about that, but it's true. It's the hype. It's the, this is what the cards should be if they had trophies. So I think we should just be mindful of that if you're interested in buying Giannis cards. I don't necessarily keep, I use Card Ladder to look at card prices, this and that. And I do have Giannis searches um, on my, my phone. My, my issue, I guess, with the Giannis card market is, again, it's like a lot of these, card, these, these guys that were you know, players at, you know, rookies at this point. The Giannis cards I have are parallels of dope-ass cards that aren't his rookie cards. Galactics, stuff like that. Those are the Giannis cards on my PC. I don't have any Giannis rookies because... I don't want to buy base stuff. I'm not saying I'll never have a Giannis rookie, but again, I don't want a sticker autograph. I, I don't want cards that I don't like to look at, and so that there's some tr- that that inevitably will happen with Giannis cards. So if you t- if you want to take the step in to go deeper with Giannis cards, you go look at Prism cards. You go look at Parallels. Those are I'm not paying those prices. So that's a little bit of a complex for me that I have with going too deep in Giannis card market. With that being said, I just tell you, I'm just telling you this is how I'm thinking about him as a player. I'm also telling you is I'm rooting for this guy. I want him to play well. I want him to win. Um, but again, just something to think about. Devin Booker. I mean, geez. What happens with Devin Booker now? I think the one part about Devin Booker that he's – He's a, an unbelievable player, unbelievable shooter. I mean, people have been talking about Devin Booker forever. I think the one thing that might hurt Devin Booker is that when you look at the Phoenix Suns team, and maybe this will change this playoffs if they have a different run. When you look at the Phoenix Suns team, it's hard to think about the Phoenix Suns being in the position that they're in right now if it wasn't for Chris Paul. Chris Paul being added to the mix and he knows this is why he opted out of his contract and why he's looking for mega money on his last lap he knows his importance this doesn't really happen and the the suns don't probably don't beat the lakers if chris paul isn't in the picture Suns certainly i don't think get the two seed so that i think hurts the devin booker it's the same way for Donovan Mitchell, right? There's so many good surrounding pieces around Donovan Mitchell. And I'm a, I love Donovan Mitchell. Like I think he is he's not only a great guy, he's a hell of a player. But these types of factors hurt like young talent. Whereas you look at like a Trey Young, and yes, he's got a, some support, but it's Trey Young's team. That it's his team, much like it is for Luca. It's Luca's team. And then there's other guys. We all know Luca probably needs a little more support around him, but Devin Booker, it's not, I don't look at the Suns and say, this is Devin Booker's team. And people, when they're buying sports cards, they want to be buying cards of guys that it's their team. Again, I said, maybe this changes as the playoffs continue, but again, something to think about. And my final one, and I don't want to get him lost in the shuffle just because 
I get down with him, and you know this, but like a guy like Russ Westbrook, you know, there was this interest in this during the triple double stuff, and he made it to the playoffs, and his stuff was moving up a little bit. I jumped in and bought some Westbrook before things got higher than they have been. But again, his legacy, I think, is cemented in the NBA, regardless of if he, you know, when won a playoff series or not. I think what you got to look at with Westbrook is do you do you have an attachment to him in his game? Does is he someone you want to hang on to for a long time? Are you in it for the long term or the short term flip? And use that to help inform your decisions. I say this because I think it's important to just share my perspective on the basketball card market and what's going on because I know people are excited about the playoffs and people are going to be putting their money in sports cards. Do it. Buy sports cards. Buy basketball cards. The more we do this, the more it'll rev up. I just want everyone to be mindful of how they're approaching it. You dig? I want to do a couple shout-outs. First shout-out, I got to shout-out my man Tim. And I'll just leave it at that. Tim, if you're out there listening, shout-out, brother. I really, really appreciate you, and I appreciate your note and what you sent me. Um, Stuff like that matters, and I'll just leave it at that. Tim, you know what's up. People are incredible in this hobby, and I don't look past notes, thank yous, whatever, for doing what I do. It's right back at you. Everyone out there, you listening, you inspire me to keep doing what I'm doing. And when people go above and beyond and let me know, there's a connection there, and it's just a a sign of appreciation. So, Tim, shout out to you, brother. You made my Saturday. I also want to shout out my man, John. John at Slab Shelf. He, uh, if you're not checking out Slab Shelf, go check out, check out Slab Shelf on IG. They got a cool product. John sent me one. The, the, what I want to call out about this product is the way it was presented to me in a package, highly personalized with images of cards that I own in slabs and ready to be set up. It's just, it was very thoughtful. And I think, we all get like we all get approached by people in the hobby, and the th- the the thing that m- resonates, and maybe I'm highly sensitive to this because it's what I do professionally as a marketer. But the personalization and it was highly personalized, highly personalized enough for me to say, you know what, I'm going to shout them out on my podcast. So slab shelf, go check it out. Weekly rip, are you signed up? Still humming along. This last week I talked about the national baby. We're going, we're parting. So much positive and so much energy from people talking to me about going to the National. I got my hotel. I got my stuff booked. See you there. It's going to be a party. So much energy. I can't imagine at this point the momentum that's going to build up around the National. Fired up. I think I talked about the utility use of cards that Chris Cardladder talked about on Crossover. It's important that when you buy cards, Suspend the monetary component, although it is important. Do those cards do something to you to give you utility value? I think that's really important. It's a good call out. I wrote about that. Also, shout out my man, Mealy Pops, for the uh, documentary style stuff at the Dallas Card Show. Great content. Go check it out on YouTube. Again, I talked a lot about cameras at card shows. There's a way to do it and a way not to do it. And Mealy Pops delivered great content. I love what he 
is doing with the Card Chap Show. All right. So, oh, yeah, I also got to mention, I did a football poll. Shout out to anyone who hit my Instagram profile and filled out my poll. Did you buy football cards this year? If you did, who are three players you bought? It gave me so much data and context to think about football cards. And I will say football cards, man, are hotter than ever before, I think. I just, I, I can't imagine that the, uh, and I, I should have, I think it was 73% of the respondents said they had bought football cards this year, 27% didn't. I will tell you this, Tom Brady, definitely the most popular player. <laughs> so by far and away, more Brady responses than anyone else. I was surprised at the lack of, uh, and it wasn't like no one did, but just it wasn't like a top five. It was maybe top 10, but Mahomes, I think, you know, his prices are probably like, he his cards probably price certain people out of the market. I was surprised about that. I was surprised about the the amount of different players people are buying, not just quarterbacks, a lot of skill positions, lots of diversity. Tons of people are buying football cards and it is awesome. I always like to think about what I do professionally in the context of what I talk about and how I operate on the show. You all know I'm a marketer. What does that mean? It's not just, oh, I'm going to send out this campaign or I'm going to do, you know, br bring you into my, my funnel. That's not how I roll. I'm a problem solver. So I, I approach the situation um, in my role working at pre-launch and early stage companies to one, identify problems within our business and solve them. And how do we gain, get attention and, get, and gain value for what we're doing when we're trying to build and develop our brand? I try to take those skills and transfer them to the hobby. Try to earn trust, build relationships, create value, and be consistent. Consistency, in my opinion, for what I do professionally, is the most important thing. And that's why I try to be consistent, my communication, talking to people, this show. And I think that's really, really important. And I put out there this week, acquiring the cards we want isn't supposed to be easy, but it can be aided through consistency, gaining small commitments, be habitual with follow-up, earn trust. Consistency takes work, but it can be a shortcut to amplifying your PC. I think the number one compliment I get from people is people say, hey, you're just consistent. And the biggest piece of feedback I have for all of you is be consistent. Consistency is freaking king. It's king. It is, it, and this isn't like saying you need to post every day and do all this stuff. And it's just how you show up. Being consistent with your communication, the way you roll in deals, the way you buy, trade, sell, all this stuff. I just think that is really important. And I've been thinking a lot about it. I've been thinking a lot about learning and just how learning for me never stops. And I've talked about just my curiosity and how I just have so much interest in what's happening in this hobby. I wanted to talk about like this year, just this year alone, the kind of like top five call outs for me, not top five cards, not cards that are going up, the top five things that I've learned this year. Number one, it is okay to commit to cards and raise cash. Cards show up, and when they show up, we don't expect them. And we can't always be prepared financially 
to say, oh, I've been having this stash waiting for this card. It's just not how it works. There's so much going on. Stuff pops up, you spend money, you get paid, you have savings. There's all of these things. And so I think it's really hard to expect the unexpected that when a card pops up that you've been chasing for a while, that might be outside of your budget and you don't have the cash reserves right now. I think it's okay. And Rodman talked about this. It's okay to tell to tell the seller or if it's on eBay, start prepping. But to say, hey, I want this card. I've got cards. I need to sell them. Let me sell these cards and I will have the cash to help buy this card. Can you do that for me? I think that is something that I have learned this year. And it might be obvious to some of you veterans out there, but for me, it's a good way to operate. It's a good way to build relationships. It's a big learning for me this way, this year. Think activity, number two. Activity always prevails. The more activity you have going in the hobby, the more you're going to learn. I think th- keeping things in motion, like selling cards, even if you did, weren't ready to sell cards, I think just the more you buy, trade, sell, do whatever, the more connections you're going to make, the more you're going to learn, the more relationships you're going to build. I know I'm a collector at heart, but like I buy cards with intention, but things change. And I think embrace that change. I think it's really important to set goals. Set your goals for what, where you want to be at the end of the year, five years, 10 years from now in the hobby. Without goals, you're just doing stuff. I'm going to talk about the North Star, and it's coming up. Number four, use your network. We have Instagram, everybody. We've got communities. Use your network to have people help you, and you help them. The more you rely on other people in the hobby, the better off you will be. I think that's the best part. The best part, I can go months. I've done it. I've gone a month or two without buying a card but I'm still in the hobby because I love connecting with people and learning. You don't have a network, start to build one because it is critical. Finally, we're going to round this thing out with the North freaking star. All right. So I had just, I've had this epiphany and it is, we do a bunch of stuff in the hobby and that's cool. We learn. I just talked about activity, but it's important to have a North star. So for me, I've done some reflecting. It's like, what is my North Star? I talked about my seven lanes of collecting. But at the end of the day, when it's all broken down and said and done, like, where does my activity point? I think, like, ultimately, it's in two buckets that are the most important to me. So when I say that, I say all of my sacrifices and all of my cards that I'm buying, if things popped up pointing at my North Star, that means I can say, you know what, I can trade this card out or I sell this card out because there's a card available that is, that is in my North Star. To me, I think about that feeling, that connection of passion, and it's with Indianapolis Colts. It's with my quarterbacks. Undeniably, I'm collecting Peyton Manning, and now, out of nowhere, I'm collecting Carson Wentz, and I've asked myself, why are you doing this? You have not even seen this guy play yet because I have a belief I have a passion. That is my team. This is the quarterback. We have a legacy of quarterbacks here in Indianapolis, and I want a piece, and I want a part of it. And so that's why I buy Carson Wentz cards. And I think that 
feeling, passion, nostalgia, everything that goes into that being my team, I look back and everything else I'm doing, I say, you know what? If there is a Peyton Manning, a Carson Wentz, there's something available, that is what I want. And so part of what I've been doing this week is I've been trying to acquire some Peyton Manning cards or looking at Peyton Manning cards that I've been thinking about and thinking about consolidation. Do I consolidate to get a bigger card? Thinking about Carson Wentz and saying, you know what? Like, do I start buying some Carson, more Carson Wentz cards now? Because not a lot of other people are talking about him and because I have a passion for him. That's how I'm thinking about it. So it allows when you've got this North Star, it allows everything else to kind of play itself out. That is what makes me happiest. That is what fulfills me because of my connection with that team. I'm a season ticket holder. Like I spend money to be in the stadium. Doesn't it make sense to have as a collector cards of people that have represented the horseshoe or are about to represent the horseshoe? That is what is exciting to me. So I just want to leave you with that because I think it's, it's really important, really easy to get distracted, but it's critical that you have yourself a North Star and no matter what, you point your activity towards that and all roads lead to it. If you like what you've been hearing on Stacking Slabs, hit that subscribe button, leave me a review, tell me how I'm doing. I hope everyone is enjoying the show. I hope you're having a good time operating in the hobby. Give me a shout on IG, at Stacking Slabs. I want to hear from you. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And I will be back on Friday. And I got a, a hobby hustle with my man at the Iron Sheik. Take care. Peace out. Peace out.